This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by RX Bar. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash GOG and enter promo code GOG at checkout. They are delicioso. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. You ready to make fun of me, Brian? Uh, I'll go easy on you, but uh, I do think that, uh, you know, the great Santini Schulmeister made another prediction that's coming true. <laughs> yes, I'm moving back to Los Angeles, God What? Yeah. Unfortunately, that's where the work is. So That's, uh, that's kind of true. So that's, yes. that's why a lot of people live here and pay outrageous uh, rents and property taxes and whatnots. Unfortunately, after being unceremoniously and <laughs> fired from The Art of Charm a month and a half ago and starting the new show, the new show is not quite caught up to my personal savings, which I am burning through at an <laughs> ungodly rate. So I'm, I'm actually moving to Los Angeles to save money, believe it or not. <laughs> After running the numbers, if I don't do something now, in a month and a half, I'll be homeless. So it's been an interesting week. A lot of stress. Lots uh, of stress. Yeah, sounds like it. Well, I'm happy to have you back in the city that you hate, sort of, because you're very far <laughs> north and not really technically in Los Angeles when you are here. But uh, yeah, you know, hey, we're going to start a podcasting consulting empire, right? That's right. We are going to <laughs> join forces and uh, tell other people how to do this crap and yep. take some of their money. <laughs> basically doing a, another cross-country move by myself yay but do it this time with two dogs that should be yay fun. uh you're soliciting people on your facebook you got a couple of friends that are happy to join you on the drive i think i think mr robert fogarty is going to join me i think hopefully because he's done right. it before and he's a fine traveling companion i'd imagine he would be yes very chill and the dogs like him which is important on a trip with the dogs <laughs> yes <laughs> anyway let's talk about some geeky stuff all right. So I saw a video this week from the lovely people at SpaceX called Falcon Heavy and Starman. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a little, you know, montage talking about, you know, the Falcon Heavy and, and Starman and his Tesla off to the nether regions of the galaxy and back again. Um, I thought I, I it got really dusty in the room for me when I watched it for some reason. Could be just the mood I was in that week. But did you get a chance to watch it? I did watch it, and it was uh, it was it was beautiful. It's uh, I actually mm -hmm. have a video a little later on in the show that did the same thing to me. But uh, yes, this was. Look, man, we are in a place where anything, anything <laughs> that is good news, that is that is progressive, that is moving forward, that is reaching for the stars, basically makes us feel good, and we need it now more than ever, as they say. Yes, we are we are consciously trying to ungrump. This will be a conscious ungrumping. Oh, I didn't get that memo. You should see the rest of my stories. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, this is—I I like to start with the with the good stuff because, yeah, we're definitely not going to end on a high note this week. Well, unfortunately, I took your space story and immediately replaced it with a space story that is not quite as nice. Silicon Valley can't leave anything alone. They're not content just to screw up Santa Monica. Nay, they also must screw up the stars. It's amazing how much stuff is constantly being shot off into into our atmosphere and. and uh, put into orbit around us uh on the 12th of january a polar satellite launch vehicle rocket blasted off from india's east coast and uh we knew what was on a lot of it i think you because you're kind of required to tell people uh the large indian mapping satellite dozens of secondary cubesats those cool little tiny satellites that are basically just boxes mm. and uh 
There was some other stuff on there. Somebody snuck in some <laughs> snuck in some cargo. <laughs> yeah, four small satellites that probably should not have been there, Space B-1, 2, 3, and 4, which were briefly disguised by the Indian Space Agency as two-way satellite communications and data relay devices from the United States. No operator was specified. The Spectrum, the IEEE folks, uh, have revealed and done, done the due diligence on this, that these are the first spacecraft from a Silicon Valley startup called Swarm Technologies, currently still in stealth mode. <laughs> Not Yay. anymore. Not anymore. So, yes, uh, even though these things shouldn't be up there and, and didn't get permission because the FCC denied them permission for their application to put these things up, they did it anyways, because that's what Silicon Valley does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dicks. that's what they do. Yes. So you can't do this. Well, screw you. We're going to do it anyways. And now we've got these guys' uh, satellites up there and they're going to keep doing more. So the FCC has basically said you cannot do any more, but I don't see why that would stop them. And uh, if this is finally confirmed 100% for sure, this will be the first ever unauthorized launch of commercial satellites. Yay. Woohoo. That's a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Well, keeping up with the good news, Elon Musk crashed a panel at South by Southwest, the Westworld panel, which I thought is pretty funny, mm-hmm. to talk about space travel. And he said, there are a lot of terrible things happening all over the world all of the time. There are lots of problems that need to get solved. Lots of things that are miserable and kind of get you down. But life cannot be just about solving one miserable thing after another. That can't be the only thing. There needs to be things that inspire you, that make you glad to wake up in the morning and be part of humanity. That's why we did this. But it's just funny that he's at the Westworld panel and the Westworld is a show that is a series of terrible things happening one after another. That is basically, that should be the tagline for Westworld, a series of miserable things. Um, yeah. <laughs> but look, I I like Musk more and more every day. I, I know a lot of people gave him some crap for, for you know, wasting the resources of, of putting one of his own cars up into space, but God love him for it. I, it was genius. Every, it made people happy. <laughs> it did. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. So good on him. On continuing follow-up, we talked about Spotify going public. Their first day of trading will be April 3rd. And as we've discussed, they are kind of doing this weird, uh, they're not doing a traditional IPO in which stock is sold in advance of opening day to institutional investors. They're just doing a direct-to-market sort of thing, uh, just so anybody can get in there. And uh, we're expecting, well, everybody is expecting some pretty crazy, bonkers stuff to happen with that. I I personally, I'm, I'm not an investor. I just play one on this podcast. I would not buy in at the beginning that's just me yeah it's gonna be kind of crazy on day one let it settle and see where it goes yep yes i will certainly not be buying any (laughs) i guess i guess you're not no (laughs) no and uh we've talked a lot about what facebook is doing with uh with their feed and for news publishers and and whatnot and wired got into it pretty big uh they did a really long article talking about how facebook is not a good friend for news publishers and the skullduggery and uh, I was going to use the the F word there, but, you know, I'm trying to be conscious about not cussing so much since everybody gets mad at us for some reason. Boo-hoo-hoo. Uh, yeah, it's a good long read about everything that's going on. And they get into some real numbers, uh, which obviously Facebook doesn't provide. But there's third party people that are tracking these sorts of things. So, um, yeah, it's it's not good. So if you are a, <laughs> a publisher still trying to make a living off your Facebook feed, I'd suggest you find a new home. Yep, yeah, we've only been saying it for five years, so. Yeah. Glad, glad Wired is uh, saying it again. <laughs> Somebody will eventually listen. No. And you originally had a story about Disney a while back and how uh, terrible they are with the city of Anaheim. Yes. And how they're basically, you know, bilking the city for lots and lots of tax breaks, not paying the employees mm-hmm. very much. And this is a kind of an older story, but 
I found it and I just it, it kind of broke my heart that these people are basically living in abject poverty and can't, you know, get a sustainable wage out of the happiest place on earth. And it's about a woman that worked there for over a decade and ended up dying alone in her car and it was over a month before they found her. It was just like, man, way to go, mouse. Yeah, it's it's that's a pretty depressing story. I mean, I you know, I know there are a lot of Disney life lifers, the people that really just uh, they started working there like like when I did when I was mm -hmm. 15 years old and uh, they're still there now. And, uh, you know, you can work up the ranks. You can get yourself so that you're not on stage, as they say, you can get yourself to management and things like that. But some people don't. And uh, it's you know, it's not. It's not really any different than if you were working at Burger King. Uh, it's not a living wage. If, if you're an adult, if you have kids, if you're trying to move on, you you cannot make it uh, doing that. It's it's. Uh, but remember, kids, just be a good, kind person, and everything is just going to work out fine. In the news. Brian, I put this one in the news just for you. Your favorite company in the world, Bird, the Uber for Scooters, has just raised a hundred million dollars in financing. Yes, of course <laughs> they have. I, I was hoping for a bird-free week, uh, but obviously you scuttled that, and so did uh, some of our listeners, which I'll get to. Uh, just a quick side note: I took a I took a bike ride this morning before the show, as as I usually try to do every morning, and I saw about eight eight birds parked on the bike path. Not on the side of the bike path, on the bike nice. path. And I decided, you know, I, uh, the obvious thing would be to call a, a grouping of birds a flock of birds, but I'm proposing we call them a douche of birds. A douche of birds sounds good. I like that one. There was a douche of birds on the bike path. So in the article that I found with the, uh, the money figures for this, there was a video of how bird works, and I watched mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And me being me, <laughs> I figured out how to basically disable all the bird scooters in your neighborhood. All you need yeah. is a can of black spray paint. Yep. Because all you do is you go up to the bird scooter and you scan the QR code that's yes. on the scooter and that mm -hmm. unlocks it and lets it go. Now, there's a couple things. I, I think the spray paint might be a little bit too malicious, but uh, what you can do, and we've seen this from stories in China and India, you can make stickers. Yes, you can. So what I suggest is go to go take, you find the prime bird. You find one bird scooter that is going to be prime bird. You clone that sticker and you put it on every single bird that you can find. So none of them, like they're trying to unlock it and it's unlocking something across town or locking somebody out of the scooter that's on it, hopefully in transit. It just locks up and they run into a telephone pole. But there's so many ways that you can screw with them. And uh, yes, they're probably illegal, but, you know, I'm not I'm not advocating it. I'm just telling well, you how to do it. <laughs> if you're doing something illegal to a company that's operating illegally, it does the tree it really when illegal? the tree falls in the woods. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So last night I was I was going through the show notes and I saw that as well. And then uh, a listener, Sean, uh, sent mm -hmm. me sent us a message on Facebook through Grumpy Old Geeks on Facebook, and he sent a photo of scooters he's been seeing around DC this week. And he said that he's never actually seen anybody riding them, but they've just started popping up anywhere. So I did a quick Google search, and lo and behold, uh, Washington D.C. You know, here come the clones. Basically, in Washington mm -hmm. D.C., there are two different companies: a California-based Waybot which I've not seen or heard of here, but they've launched in D.C. And Limebike, which also has dockless bike operations in the city, is now adding scooters to its fleet this week. So there are two different companies going with a bird's business model in D.C. Uh, I, the same thing is in here. There's, no, there's not really any regulations specifically for this stuff, except for the regulations that exist for all powered moving vehicles. 
<laughs> exactly. Now, I thought you told me that they were only the bird was only in Santa Monica, but they're also in Venice, Westwood, Los Angeles, Pacific Beach, and San Diego. My friend Jordan saw some actually in the wild in San Diego when he was down there. So they they have expanded. Yes. The bird has flown the coop. It as has. It, were. it is. It is spreading. So, yeah. yay! Uh, speaking of things happening here in the city of Santa Monica, we've been battling against Airbnb and uh, some of the other companies like HomeAway, which is another one. And the city of Santa Monica has won. Hmm? The U.S. District Court for the Central District of California ruled in favor of the city of Santa Monica this uh, this last Friday in litigation against Airbnb and HomeAway, saying that basically uh, we the city gets to make their own rules and you have to follow them. That's the way nice. it works, people. So today's decision affirms that the city of Santa Monica can take reasonable steps to protect residential units from conversion into de facto hotels, while also allowing individuals to share their homes with guests for compensation in authorized circumstances. We applaud this important ruling. So well done, city of Santa Monica. And speaking of that, there's a site called City Lab, and they did a very, very in-depth and very, very, very long write-up on Airbnb's uh, lasting effects in New York City. Uh, the TLDR version, uh, Airbnb is not good. It has drastically driven up rents. The rich are getting rich, richer, blah, 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 blah. You can go read it if you want to. It's everything I've been saying about Airbnb. It's everything <laughs> Jason's been saying about Airbnb. It's everything we've been saying about these Web 2.0 companies that are awesome. Um, and it basically, yeah, they're finding out that this is not good. It is screwing up cities. And it's not. And don't tell me that Airbnb is just a fucking platform. Let's see, I already got to the fuck bomb. <laughs> I go. get worked up that because that is Airbnb's excuse is Airbnb is saying we are just a platform. And if people choose to use our platform in ways that are illegal, well, there's nothing we can do about it. Bullshit. You can yep. do something about it. You can fix this. This is programming. I've already I could I've already fixed this in my mind. I've already written the PHP code and the MySQL database. <laughs> you can put caps on how many days per year a property is rented. You could vet mm -hmm. if a property is registered with local governments and paying the appropriate taxes and increase the amount of days that that property can be rented in a year if they meet those things. You can fix this. This can all be fixed relatively easily and there's no reason there's just no reason for Airbnb to do it because they're making money hands over fists. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a very simple fix. Yeah, it is. But it is. They can fix this, but they don't want to. Take a break. Take a break. <sighs> deep breaths. Deep mm. breaths. Now my turn. <laughs> Lyft. Lyft, the wonderful car sharing company that threw me out on the 405 because Jesus. They are testing a Netflix style monthly subscription plan now. Oh, makes, makes sense. God. That's that's the way everything eventually tries to go. Subscription models. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, the uh, the CEO says we are going to move the entire industry from one based on ownership to one based on subscription. Mm -hmm. Okay, now some of the prices that they have in there, you can get up to thirty standard lift rides for one hundred ninety nine dollars a month, and another package was priced at three hundred dollars, and another at three ninety nine for sixty rides, and individual rides up to fifteen dollars were covered under the all access pass. And they, it's it's kind of confusing how they're trying to push this off right now because i don't think they know what they're doing yet but i just want to say i lease my car you know yep. with insurance cost me about 320 bucks a month yep. and guess what unlimited rides <laughs> i can take as many rides in it as i want that's the thing a subscription model should be all in uh it shouldn't mm -hmm. have caps so that's kind of here we want to give you a subscription but we're gonna cap you off it's basically just a discount for for heavy volume users and what happens if your ride's over fifteen dollars? Well, you're going to you get know, charged the extra, of course. Right, but if it's under fifteen dollars, you still get dinged oh, for something that's up back. to fifteen. Nope, you don't get it back. Nope. 
they're just gonna like to screw you. You know, yeah, yeah I, subscription. It's a subscription. I hate subscriptions so much. <laughs> Although technically I have a lease, so that's kind of a subscription for three years. But. It is, but you know, it's it's yours ish. Yep, ish. That's that's true. It's ish mine. Now, this is a kind of a funny one. Twitter has reportedly suspended users that steal memes and force viral tweets. So oh, everybody is suspended? Actually... <laughs> I was going to say, you mean people using the platform for what it was intended to do. Oh, okay. And they call these people tweet deckers. Mm. Tweet deckers. Because they hang out in tweet deck chat rooms and, you know, plan the downfall of the meme and take it over. And this is nothing new. I remember way back in the day... When Dig was a thing, the original Dig that Kevin mm -hmm. Rose ran, all the power users would get together and basically pump and dump links, you know, yeah. just like people do with with cryptocurrency. Um, but they just do it with their Wuffy and their, you know, their their clout on the system. So this is nothing new. But uh, yeah, at least one of the names I thought was pretty funny. Holy Fag was suspended <laughs> as part of it. Uh, and so damn true. Uh, meme provider. Girl posts. And poor Dory. Dory got uh, got suspended, along with Common White Girl. Okay. Oh, Geary. Common White Geary. I don't know what a Geary is, but yeah. So it's just funny that, you know, Twitter has so many problems that this is what they're, you know, focusing on right now. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's that's what I was thinking when I when you when I saw the story is like we can't you can't manage to get off racist, but uh, we can stop some people from doing too too many memes. So thanks. I know. And uh, follow that up. Wired has another great story this week. I, I can't wait to give them my money because when I have some again, mm -hmm. um, they're, they're really knocking it out of the park. They got some great writers over there now. But there's an article titled Bad Actors Are Using Social Media Exactly as Design. <laughs> yep. They're not really kind of like going outside of the bounds of what the platform is meant to do. Mm -hmm. It's, you know. You create a bomb, it's going to blow up at some point. But as Jonathan Albright, research director at Columbia University's Toe Center for Digital Journalism, told the New York Times, Facebook built incredibly effective tools which let Russia profile citizens here in the U.S. and figure out how to manipulate us. Facebook essentially gave them everything they needed, which is true. That's that's what a self-service ad platform will do for you. Yep. Well, South by Southwest is going on this week. And, and as as per our thing, we don't talk about it because <laughs> we hate south by southwest uh but there are some stories coming out of there i just love this one um youtube has been having some problems recently uh, with uh, all kinds of bad actors using the platform yes. as in the way that it's intended, intended. to be used yes. <laughs> yes uh so they're trying to uh, battle back on this a little bit so I, I just love this sentence let me let me read this and then let me translate it YouTube will add information from Wikipedia to videos about popular conspiracy theories to provide alternative viewpoints on controversial subjects. Let me translate now. YouTube <laughs> will put facts over bullshit, but they can't come out and say that because they're pussies. So, yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're, they're going to put basically they're turning YouTube into pop up video. They're going to drop text boxes boop, yeah. over over these stupid videos saying, yes, we actually did land on the moon. And before you think I'm making that up, they use that as the example. Tell me chemtrails are in there, too. Please tell me chemtrails oh, yes, are in there. Uh, this, if it, yes, showed examples of information cues for videos about the moon landing and chemtrails, the two things that nice. they mentioned. Yes. Awesome. So that's great. But here's the real kicker on this. The very next day, Wikipedia said, hey, what? You're doing what? <laughs> we were not given advance notice of this announcement, said the Wikimedia Foundation in a statement on Twitter. So YouTube going ahead with this gigantic plan and forgot to ever mention it to Wikipedia. Now. They don't have to, 
because Wikipedia information is free to use on the internet for anyone, but still would have been nice. It would have been kind of a nice heads up, yeah. you know? Wow. Yeah. But people just do what the hell they want to do. That is really... The, that, I, I'm just stunned. Every day Every day I'm getting links for the show, every time we sit down to record this, I am just constantly stunned. There are just no rules anymore. Everybody just does whatever the hell they want. Well, fortunately, there are some people on the job, and it looks <laughs> like the SEC has finally come out and dusted off whatever rock they've been hiding under, because... <laughs> Equifax's former chief information officer just got charged with insider trading. Good. Remember when we talked about Equifax and how mysteriously a bunch of C-level officers were dumping stock in that one little period when nobody knew about the hack, but they did, but they never told anybody? Yep. Turns out, <laughs> turns out, you can't do that. What? You can't do that. Oh. So, yeah. Oops. Oopsies. <laughs> Yeah, he made over $950,000 on his stock sale. Wow. wow. And if he would have sold it after the breach, it would have only been worth $117,000. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah. Way to go. So that's that's number one. Uh, Theranos. Remember Theranos? The, I do. Uh, the, the blood testing company that was basically nothing. Yeah. Uh, well, the SEC has charged Theranos with massive fraud, and the CEO was stripped of everything, stripped of her control. She has to give back all of her shares. Uh, she's going to pay a $500,000 penalty, and if the company is ever sold, she will not profit from it until more than $750 million is returned to allegedly defrauded investors and other shareholders. And <sighs> she can't run on a, she can't be on the board or an officer of a public company for 10 years. Good. So, yeah. Oh, occasionally something good happens in the world. <laughs> yes, yes. And of course, Wired again comes up with another story. Theranos and Silicon Valley's fake it till you make it culture. And it says the Theranos story is an important lesson for Silicon Valley, said Gina Choi, director of the SEC's San Francisco regional office in a statement to the press. Innovators who seek to revolutionize and disrupt an industry must tell investors the truth about what their technology can do today. Not what they hope it might do someday. <laughs> uh, hey, 23andMe, watch your backs. <laughs> no doubt i'm italian damn it <laughs> oh man and now france is getting in in the game they are suing google and apple over abusive developer contracts okay unfortunately it's not a lot of money they're only trying to get fines of about two and a half million dollars from each company mm -hmm. which is you know dropping the bucket for them but at least they're going after them for uh basically tweaking the developer contracts to not be friendly to the developers right what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, uh, you're going to sue, I guess. Yes. We're going to sue. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. And uh, speaking of abuse, oh, Snapchat. Oh, oh my Snapchat. God. <laughs> my jaw hit the floor when I saw this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Snapchat ran an ad that joked about Rihanna and domestic violence. Uh, this was approved by a human being. Uh, this mm -hmm. is not surprising. So the ad was placed by a mobile game developer. Um, actually, you know, we should be yelling at them. As much as we are, if not more than Snapchat, yeah, uh, for coming up yeah. with this concept, would you rather? I hope somebody got fired. Uh yeah, I just I just don't want to give that company any press. Yeah, period. so they they it was a little ad that popped up that said, "Would you rather slap Rihanna or punch Chris Brown?" Classy guys. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Keep it classy. So, yeah. Every, so this uh, renewed criticism has sent Snap's stock sliding on Thursday again. Um, the company was provided some insight into its advertising review process when asked about how this happened and how it plans to avoid similar mistakes in the future. Uh, the vast majority of ads placed on Snapchat are now self-serve, meaning that advertisers follow an automated process designed and purchase their own ads on the platform rather than working directly with Snapchat. This is basically how everybody works now so you put your thing up it supposedly gets reviewed by a bunch of really tired people in the philippines who then say yay or nay and uh what you know what do you what do you expect is going to happen like there there Mm -hmm. are cultural issues that people may not get there are just exhaustion there's just i don't care so i'm just going to click on approve 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 now it's lunchtime so Mm -hmm. shocking this is this (laughs) oh well thank god ai will come along and solve all these problems right Oh, I know. Yeah. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Now, in some interesting news, Cloudflare is in the news. Uh, they were being sued by an adult publisher called ALS Scan mm-hmm. for what is basically copyright infringement because of their caching system. Right. Because, you know, we use Cloudflare. Almost everybody uses Cloudflare nowadays, and they have a giant right. CDN that caches tons and tons of stuff. And... Cloudflare says, we're just a platform. You know, they're using their safe harbor provisions and saying that, look, you know, even if we take down those copies, it still doesn't take down the website that's hosting them. So what what's the harm with us just hosting the copies of the files? And finally, a judge says, eh, no, that's not really how that works. So the, I mean, the main point is that, yes, Cloudflare is helping these sites actually get their copyrighted stolen stuff out there and it's going to a jury trial which will be interesting a lot of it was shot down by the judge on both sides but this is a major one because this is going to kind of state what cdns can and can't do so it's kind of an important case to watch so we will be watching it you know who else is going to be watching this pinterest yeah pinterest will be watching this (laughs) very closely i think and in the wall street journal this morning i caught this article for the six seconds i was allowed to read it uh the irs is going after bitcoin traders i'm sorry holders they're going after bitcoin holders they've got a bunch of data from coinbase which they got last year Mm -hmm. so now expect to pay taxes on that those that money that you made or didn't make in some cases but uh yeah and there are a lot of people i guess that are trying to get around that by saying oh here it is here's the money i'm sorry i forgot to file here you go here you go what do people think i it's why do you think you wouldn't have to pay taxes on this if you make money what is wrong with people it's cryptocurrency man hey man government decentralized decentralized man whatever (laughs) bro i'm gonna get on my bird i'll see you later I'm heading to Mexico on my bird. If you're in San Diego, you could make it to the border on a bird. Maybe. I don't know. I think you'd probably have to charge it up a couple times. Eh, could be. So, yeah, if you uh, made money on Bitcoin, go talk to your accountant and get that taken care of because they're coming for you. Yep. This episode is brought to you by RX Bar. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar. What does that mean? Their bars are made with 100% whole ingredients. Seriously, no BS. RX Bar's core ingredients are completely simple. It's like eating three egg whites, two dates, and six almonds. That's it. And, of course, delicious flavors. And it turns out real food ingredients actually taste really good. Go figure. You can actually taste the cacao, the real fruit, the spices, like sea salt. With Brian's baby and my two puppies, our hands are quite literally always full. So RX Bar is fantastic for a quick breakfast or snack in between cleaning up the collective poop that we both have to deal with. 
RX bars are amazingly delicious, like I said. I've tried just about every bar on the planet, and these are hands down my favorite. They come in 11 flavor varieties, so you can get a bar for almost any mood, like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors. There's always something to eat. Personally, I love the blueberry bars for breakfast, a peanut bar for mid-afternoon when I'm feeling indulgent, and the chocolate and sea salt when I sit down for my nightly reading session. RX bars are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, no sugar added, no artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers. They're just full of goodness, I tell you. They're absolutely fantastic. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com GOG and enter promo code GOG at checkout. Again, 25% off your first order, rxbar.com GOG, enter promo code GOG at checkout, and please to enjoy... Ups and doodads! Can iTunes really get any worse? Um, I, I I don't even know what to do anymore. I have to force quit it like two to three times a day now. Uh, podcasts won't update. Uh, sometimes it just won't play. It is such a piece of crap. Is Apple ever going to fix this? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I don't Moving think on. so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, that's why I don't use it for podcasts at all. I only use it now to check my rankings in the podcast charts. That's okay. it. Yeah. I don't play anything. Nothing. Yeah, it's horrible. And Twitter, because they can't seem to figure out what the hell they're doing anymore. Now they're working on a camera-first feature that could threaten Snap. Uh, okay, that might be a little hyperbolic in the, uh, yep. the title there. But uh, yep. it's a new function that would combine location-based photos and videos with Twitter moments around notable events. And companies could sponsor events or place ads in between tweeted real-time photos and videos. Hmm. The feature would resemble how Snap collects location-based snaps around certain topics and displays them together as a highlighted post on its Discover tab, a feature that has proven popular with advertisers. Okay. We'll see if that makes <laughs> it into the wild. I doubt it. I'm calling this segment Insta-Scam of the Week. Mm-hmm. I'm finding all these ads on Instagram, and all you do is you basically go to the website that's there, and then go to Amazon and search for the same thing. Yes. This week, I found the Slim Selfie Drone Camera, and it retails at $89.99. So, I went over to Amazon and found something that is basically the same thing, although the title is a little different. It's a little, <laughs> little more verbose than the Slim Selfie Drone Camera. This is the JJRC H49 SOL 720p Wi-Fi FPV ultra-thin foldable selfie drone with beauty altitude hold mode RC quadcopter RTF black. Black. And that retails at $47.99. Yeah. Good job. Listen, I, I love that. I just keep them coming. I like these. They're very funny to me. And a friend of the show, Burns, wrote in, said, Geeks, this is either a query for opinion or a tip for next week's apps and doodads. Know anything about an app company called Trim. For clarification, this is supposed to help with reducing the cable, internet, phone bills, not a new dating app. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I like okay. the idea of an app that lowers my outrageous internet bill, which sounds similar to the app that would fight tickets for you. I'm concerned that if I go through the sign-up process, they're going to want banking information. Um if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true is my initial thought. Now, I went and looked at it. I haven't used it. Uh, I went and looked at their about section. Nothing, nothing in the about section fills me with any confidence. They have every oh, yeah. every buzzword in there. They're building an AI. We're building the equivalent of a self-driving car for your financial life. I don't trust anyone with my finances, but me. 
And uh, yeah, of course, you have to give them all your login info and details for anything that you want their AI to run for you. Uh, uh, reading through what their, could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Reading through the terms of service is a real treat as well. Um, having said all that, I am curious, uh, just not curious enough, to, curious enough to give it to go with my own information and my own finances. It'd be great to have somebody uh, that something automate that. But for now, you know what? You could just call your cable company yourself and say this is ridiculous and they'll probably chop off 10 bucks for you. Yeah, yeah. Just renegotiate yourself. So I looked at the jobs page at Trim, mm-hmm. and you figure it's a software company. If they're making AI, they need to be hiring lots of engineers. Well, <laughs> not really. <laughs> marketing, they're, marketing, they're growth, growth, marketing, marketing, <laughs> growth, growth. <laughs> That's it. They're hiring one software engineer in San Francisco, a chief of staff of special projects, a product mm-hmm. designer, a contract recruiting talent for talent acquisition, and then Growth associate, paid acquisition, growth manager, paid acquisition, market associate, <laughs> content, marketing manager, content. They, everybody's worried about marketing instead of making the damn product. You know, and that's that's very, I'm glad that you found that because that alone tells me everything I need to know about this company. I would not use them. Yep. All they're going to do now is market the crap out of something. They're not building anything anymore. This is a, uh, this is another one of those companies that we just talked about, about Silicon Valley, yeah. about how they have to be honest about what they can actually do now, not what they hope to do, because everything in their about section and everything on their website is what they hope to be able to do. Yeah. In a God, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I play Star Wars Battlefront 2, and we covered mm-hmm. this on the show a long time ago, but when it first came out, there was a huge backlash because of the loot box system and paid upgrades and all the crap that you have to do. And loot boxes are they're going to basically be illegal soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that because I remember doing another story about the fact that it's kind of it's like gambling. Because yeah. you're paying them money and you're gambling on what's going to be in the box. Yep. So they're pulling it. They're pulling all of the loot crate crap. Uh, changes are coming out March 21st. So by the time you download the update, it sh- which should take about till March 26th, because the updates take forever, uh, you'll be able to play it. And they've, it's, it's got a whole bunch of new stuff in a linear progression system, which I'm really looking forward to. So once this hits, I'll go back and start playing it again because I got a little bored with it. But now that I know these updates are coming, I might uh, might jump back in. Nice. Media Candy. We got the most comments we've ever had for any single thing uh, from last week's Hodler comments that we made because we were uninformed. And uh, we all conveniently learned about that Sunday night. So thanks to everybody who wrote in to tell us. And uh, go ahead, Jason. I didn't get any of these these comments. I don't know what people were saying. What was it? Uh, everybody explained to it. Uh, to us what the what a hodler actually is which uh, then john oliver conveniently did so we knew <laughs> okay gotcha yeah yes yes the the cryptocurrency segment on john oliver was pretty good i have a link in the show notes for that mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't seen it definitely go check it out yes um very funny very funny stuff mm-hmm. i saw something today it makes me want to i don't know what i want to do whatever it is it's 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 violent um there's a there's a new startup out there called Radio Yo. Okay. They're building a decentralized ecosystem for podcasters, online broadcasters, independent media, and online publishers worldwide using a cutting-edge cryptocurrency called the Rayo. Uh, speaking as a podcaster, do we need a decentralized ecosystem? Uh, no. Uh, okay. it, it, we actually we actually have a decentralized ecosystem. It, that's how it works. Right. There's there's absolutely nothing that they're building that is of value, as I see. Um, but their video is worth watching if you want to 
if if the word blockchain makes you angry like it does me <laughs> uh go watch the video and at the very end of the video i had to watch this entire thing because they were talking about their ico and all this other crap Disclaimer, citizens of the United States are prohibited from participating. <laughs> the crowd sale of the the Rayo token is not the sale of a security. Radio Yo, oh, stupid name, uh, will use the proceeds of the crowd sale to advance the purpose outlined in its white paper. Virtual currency is not legal tender, is not backed by the government, and accounts and value balances are not subject to consumer protections. Derp. Yep. The information in this video does not constitute investment advice or an offer to sell or invest in securities. People who participate in Radio Yo's ICO should not have a reasonable expectation of any future profits or the Rayo increasing in value based on Radio Yo Inc. creating a blockchain-based broadcasting and services platform. <laughs> they just said, give us your money and we're not going to give you any, we're not under no legal obligations to ever give you anything in return. Yep. Uh, and if you go look at their timeline, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yes, they're selling vaporware. Absolute yep. vaporware for no reason for something that doesn't need to exist. And I found this as a paid advertisement in a newsletter that I read. And I was just like, oh man, what's going on? <laughs> I don't know Radio, anymore. Radio Yo. <laughs> yeah. God, give me a break. <laughs> Uh, Ricky Gervais special. Have you got a chance to watch it yet? I did watch it. It was great. Okay, good. I haven't seen it yet. So I was okay. hoping you had. <laughs> I know you're a Ricky Gervais fan and I'm, I'm, I'm always on the fence with him. So I figured I'd get, get a review from you first. So uh, I put it in the notes. I thought it was fantastic. I was, I was laughing really, really hard. Um, you know, the, the, the people that get offended, uh, from us on our podcast should never, ever watch this. It is. Oh, yeah. It is. It is. Oh, he just went for it. He went for it. He's like, I'm just going to be offensive. There you go. I'm just going to. Awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what he does. Yes. <laughs> and his, it's, his it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really good. I, I highly recommend it. Okay. I, I need something like that nowadays. Yeah. No, it, it was if very you just good. just called it blockchain, it'd be even better. I thought it was actually somewhat <laughs> poignant because I, I was actually watching it as I got the news about, uh, about um, uh, Stephen Hawking. So, and, you know, mm. Ricky Gervais is a very science guy so it was it was kind of good yep. it was it was good timing and i really enjoyed it so I definitely recommend watching it uh something i will not be watching the last jedi is out on streaming digital whatevers and for the first time mm -hmm. in my entire life i don't care about watching a star wars movie again that's pretty telling i think yes it is yeah. <laughs> and speaking of which uh on also on netflix uh along with ricky gervais i was looking for something that i could maybe throw up on the tv for the kid that i would enjoy as well so I finally went back and started to try to watch Star Wars The Clone Wars. Now, I suppose this is interesting to people because it fills in a backstory, and it is one of the few things that is still officially considered part of the canon since Disney bought them. Uh, but uh, it's also produced by George Lucas, and there's a lot of Jar Jar Binks, so that basically oh. tells you all you need to really know about it. Well, that sucks. I added it to my queue. It's not now I have to remove bad. It. <laughs> it's, there are episodes that are quite good. Uh there's a lot of interesting stuff happening, but it is, it's got that, that vague Lucas stank about it. Oh yeah. So Misa no like that stank. I know a lot of fans that are, or even friends of mine who are super fans of that, that really enjoyed it and tried to get me to watch it mm -hmm. ages ago. And I'm like, eh, I don't have, I don't have time in my life for another cartoon. Yeah. But you have a kid, so you have an excuse. I do. So it's okay. I don't know. It is what it is. And uh, as we've discussed also on Netflix, Jessica Jones 
which I finished last night because it is so good. Uh, I binged it. Oh my god, you took you took my spot. I I I am still. I just finished episode six and I'm savoring it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm taking some time off. Also, you know, my whole life flipped upside down this week, so right. I didn't really have a whole lot of time to do it. But uh, I'll get to it. Yeah, uh, it's it's great. Uh, it's fantastic. I, and now I'm pissed because I'm going to have to wait like two years for another one. Yeah. So that sucks. And uh, you'll note that uh, in this segment so far, we have discussed one, two, three, three things from Netflix. You know what? We haven't discussed anything from Amazon. Amazon Prime streaming numbers are out and they are surprisingly underwhelming is the title of the article. And yeah, basically, uh, Amazon is producing a lot of shows, not anywhere near as many as Netflix, but uh, their hit rate is drastically lower they, they are not doing so great and this is not surprising i mean you, you think about this stuff and and the man in the high castle should have been one of my favorite shows it's horrible it's horrible uh, it's horrible the tick is great jean-claude van johnson was pretty damn funny mm-hmm. but i think they have a i think they have a serious problem with their user interface yeah it's i bad. think the app is the biggest problem it is bad yeah. You can't find anything. It only shows me the same stuff that I've already watched. And to scroll around it and find stuff is painful. Yeah. They have a just they have a discovery issue for sure. Well, all the services, though, to, to be fair, Netflix isn't great either. It's hard to find things. Yeah, but it's no Hulu. That's true. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the worst of the bunch. But Amazon is a close second to Hulu. Yeah. Netflix is at least, you know, at least I get good recommendations from Netflix every week mm-hmm. because, of course, every Friday there's a new comedy special to watch because uh, <laughs> they, they do a new comedy special every week. I know. It's ridiculous. And most of them are terrible. Yeah. But there are a couple of good there ones. There are a couple of good ones. Not many, though. Um, I still want to go back and watch that Chris Rock one again. I thought that was really good. It was good. Really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of uh, things to watch, I found is a very short, short watch. It's a Monty Python and the Holy Grail trailer is a serious action drama. It's a couple minutes. It's kind of cute. I thought it was kind of fun. I liked it. It was cute. At the library. <laughs> this week at At the Library, Privacy and How to Get It Back by B.J. Mendelssohn. Now, BJ showed up on my radar because he sent us uh, one of his comics that he just wrote to review for the show, and I haven't gotten around to reading that yet, but then I saw this on his blog, and oh my god, what a, what a kindred, he's, he's a kindred spirit, I think. Yeah, I gotta say, I was I was cautious about this because I was like, oh god, I, this, this is going to be a book that's going to feel like work, or basically just listening back to our own podcast, uh, and I'm right. It did, and it was, but in a good way. So I, I know at one point you and I had talked about writing a book as Grumpy Old Geeks, and we ditched that idea because, you know, no one reads and would buy it. But uh, we don't need to anymore because this is pretty much what we would have put together. It was very yep. well done. Uh, and you, yes, everybody should read this. It is not very long. No. It's pretty short, but it gets to the point, and it is definitely worth it. We'll cover uh, BJ's comic on the, on the next Grumpy Old Geeks when I get around to <laughs> actually reading it. Yeah. Now, I had an interesting Twitter uh, conversation with Richard Kadri and the artist Coop, because mm-hmm. um, I guess they're friends on Twitter. And I just saw Coop say something about him because they talked about the Sandman Slim series. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't realize that was you. So um, just just tweeted at him randomly. And I'm like, you know, Sandman Slim reminds me of John Constantine meets John Wick. And he's like, well, that's that. Uh, it's interesting you should say that because the director of John Wick is directing the Sandman Slim movie that's there should be filming pretty soon. <laughs> so that is pretty cool, I thought. Yeah. 
So if you haven't checked out Sandman Slim, I highly recommend the first book. I haven't gotten to the second one yet because I'm tr- I'm tr- trying to take our own advice and not dive into a series and binge the series because it never ends well. No, it never ends it never well. Ends well. Security. Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire, not the Cybersex Wire, as we covered uh, last week. No, decidedly not. No, <laughs> uh, not sure what I'm walking into here, but no, it is not the Cybersex Wire. That's something completely different. Um, I don't know. That's, that's our that's our new show that yeah. we're starting next week. <laughs> okay, oh, fair enough. You need a host. I'm telling you, man, we're keeping we're keeping the we're keeping the band together. Right. Okay. Very good. All right. So, gentlemen, how's it going? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> All right, yeah. not clicking the links. <laughs> not clicking the links. I upgraded my PC and even put virus protection on oh, it. So, wow, yeah, mm-hmm. and I am not infected. The doctor came back with a clean bill of health. Right. I do not need penicillin for my PC. Belt and braces. <laughs> Excellent. All right. <laughs> well, uh, lots going on this week. Uh, I know you guys already uh, talked earlier in the show about the uh, the Equifax executive who is charged with insider trading. Um, a couple of uh, just quick notes about that. I don't know if you guys touched on the fact that interesting that, you know, n- no one's getting in trouble for the actual breach yet, that it's, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah, good it's, point, uh, good point. It's, it's being uh, it's playing against the rich people rules that's getting this person in trouble. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Right? Insider trading. That's that's what we're going to go after. The, the rich people rule just being basically you shouldn't have gotten caught. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's a yes. Good insight. Um, so I have an interesting little bit of insight. I was speaking to someone at an event this past week. Uh, someone was talking to me off the record, so I can't say who it was, but it was someone who is sort of deep inside of this world who knows what they're talking about uh, when it comes to this Equifax stuff. And um, did he have a very thick Russian accent? Did by not. Did not. No. Okay. But, uh, Just checking. <laughs> But uh, some interesting insights into how this possibly could have happened from someone who um, had a, a bit more uh, empathy, I guess, than most. In, in, and it sort of led into our conversation by saying that patching is hard. And, of course, we, we all know that. You have large systems. It's difficult to keep up to date. But uh, one mm-hmm. of the insights he shared was that the system that got hacked at Equifax was not a system with which they make money. Right. So this was mm-hmm. not something they charged for. This was a more of a customer service side of things. So right off right. the bat, it's a system that is costing them money, not making them money. So it's not <laughs> necessarily going to get the same attention. I'm not, and I'm not saying any of this is right or wrong. It just is. It that, just is. Yeah. Right. That another system will. But the other insight that he shared that I never thought of was that um, to upgrade a system like this, to have to take it down to patch it, opens you up to criticism from folks like the SEC who will come at you for saying, why is the system down? Why are you not letting your customers have access to their information? So there's a pressure there that I hadn't really considered before. Again, not saying whether it's right or wrong or they should have had systems in place to take care of this, but it's an interesting insight that um, sort of why we've all been saying, why didn't they just patch? Why didn't they just patch? Well, there's multiple reasons why you could understand that they would delay patching. And it was interesting right. insights. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it it's complicated, and but at the end of the day, it's it's their business. It is their business. It is their responsibility. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. You put up a sign. Yeah. Scheduled maintenance. Remember when we just get a notice that we'll be down yeah. for scheduled maintenance? Yep. I, they could have got around it with that. Yeah. Well, I I heard uh, one another uh, this is a person in the financial services industry saying that they got crap from uh, regulators when they made all of their customers go to two-factor authentication because yeah. the regulators said this is slowing them down to have access to their information. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? God. Make things more secure, you know. So well, I mean, the, but that's the reality of the world that we live in now. Any change gets anything gets you're gonna get grief so yeah, it's true. suck it up and do the job that you do the best job that you could do and and try to keep his information as safe as possible and you know don't feed the trolls yeah absolutely god <laughs> yeah would you rather have a few disgruntled customers or all of your data stolen <laughs> i mean come on let's, let's yeah. weigh the alternatives here yeah no, no. I, again, not not in any way justifying. And I just yeah, think they're interesting yeah. insights right, yeah. uh, from someone who has a, you know a little more knowledge of how actually things work behind the scenes than than I do. Yeah, right. Just the because politics. something's hard though doesn't mean you have to. You don't have to do it. That's yeah. Oh my God, well, it's hard. I I, I believe <laughs> yeah. they have learned that it's lesson they, now. Yes, hopefully. I don't think anyone <laughs> in that industry is going to make that particular mistake again. <laughs> Luckily, there are plenty Until of other mistakes. Week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have all new mm-hmm. mistakes to make. No shortage. Oh, man. So, have you guys ever heard of Phantom Secure, the phone that is uh, like one of those secure phones? Yeah, I think we talked about it once a long time ago. Well, the the CEO just got busted by the feds mm-hmm. for selling these phones to the Sinaloa drug cartel. And now every time I look at this, I read it as Shinola drug cartel because, <laughs> you know, I grew up with Steve Martin. And, uh, it just keep, keeps coming up. But yeah, they they grabbed this guy and threw him in jail. And he's Canadian, hmm. believe it or not. Canadians do evil things, hmm. too, it seems. Seems unlikely. Yeah. That's, I'm going to need to see some genetic. I need some 23andMe genetic testing on this guy. I don't believe he's actually yeah. Canadian. Right. Well, his name is Vincent Ramos. So, uh, 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 But yeah, he was uh, charged with racketeering conspiracy to conduct enterprise affairs, as well as conspiracy to distribute narcotics and aiding and abetting. So, yeah. apparently this phone was custom made for the drug cartel. You know, well, pick your pick your clients a little more wisely next time, I guess. You know, it's funny because I was reading the story and it made me flash back to to my early 20s, um, you know, back when there was like you would install like high powered Windows NT servers with 32 bit uh, whatever uh, and I would have that on my laptop and I remember reading that technically you weren't allowed to take that software out of the country. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were, they were they're classified as munitions yeah. because of the uh, type of encryption that yeah. was built into them. Yep. There was yeah. a famous case related know. to that where someone in protest of that put the encryption uh, algorithm, had it tattooed on himself and left the country. Yeah, that's for DVD, yeah, DVD encryption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Yeah. I don't know why I thought of that, but it did. It just reminded me It was me interesting that. to me, this article, that um, it said that this phone was custom made for the drug trade. But then also talked about all the customers that they had. It's like the smart way to go about this is if the drug trade is financing something like this, then finance this thing and just distribute it. Have it be a cost of doing business. Why have a paper trail of, yeah. of some sort of billing system or, or something like that? Uh, that that struck me as a little odd. Well, you're, you're assuming well, criminals yeah, are smart. That's true. <laughs> well, that... Uh... That is part of the problem. I am curious yeah. as to what exactly the customization, particularly for the drug cartels, was. I mean, because this is just secure in general. Uh, it could be used for anybody. I mean, is there like a little side latch where you can put your Coke? <laughs> could be. 
Yeah, that's the phones are actually hollow, and they still shove them up their butts to mule the cocaine through the airports. That's what yeah, it's it is. It's a special polymer, <laughs> long and skinny. It's a special yeah. polymer that does not get feces inflected on it. Yeah. I remember years ago um, working with a client. We were helping with some video stuff, and uh, this was a very large government contractor, and they were working on a way to modify BlackBerry phones by replacing some of the internal guts to give the phone this sort of security, to have built-in encryption. You know, if two phones had this device built in, had been modified in the same way, when they connected with each other, they would automatically go into an encrypted mode. Um, and the point that they were making was that it, at the time, you know, this is BlackBerry world, pre-iPhone days, uh, it looked like a regular BlackBerry. So part of the security was the phone itself didn't draw attention to itself. If you were a person of interest... Um, the yeah. phone just looked like a regular BlackBerry phone. That was interesting. Yeah, nowadays, if you have a BlackBerry, you're definitely That's a person right. of interest because <laughs> who the hell uses Blackberries? <laughs> true. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we I think we've talked about the story before, but uh, China is starting to uh, basically gear up to roll out their social credit system. The idea being if uh, everything you did on Facebook and Twitter counted towards a government-imposed citizen score, all your online behavior would be analyzed and assessed to come up with a measure of your online reputation, character, and trustworthiness, which could then be given out to employers, banks, prospective partners, all of that sort of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, they're rolling it out. Details are sketchy. None of us would ever work again if this rolled out in the United States. I just guarantee you that. Yeah, well, well that's probably true. I had a couple thoughts about this. The first, as I was reading it, I thought, well, you know, we have our own version of a scoring system that you are that you can't opt out of, which is, you know, your credit score. Yeah. Um, so not entire, you know, before we get all righteous and indignant about this, we have something like this going on, not social. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking over on uh, the Smashing Security podcast, Graham Cluley was talking about this and was saying that, you know, this could spawn a whole business of bots that automatically like everything that the, the dear leaders <laughs> are doing in government to, to raise your score. You know, every time someone in government does something, you can like it and share it and enjoy it and just have that be automated to try to raise your your social credit score. Yeah. I know what I'm writing this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, certainly the, the system will be hackable, as all things are. The thing that really got me about this as I was reading it is, is they said details are sketchy at this stage, but is due to be up and running by 2020. And my mind, because I'm old, automatically went 2020. That's so far away. And then two seconds later, <laughs> I went, holy crap, that's two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you forget you forget mm -hmm. how far we've come. Yeah. I heard somebody that's... say this week whenever they hear 1970, they think, "Oh, that's 30 years ago." No. Yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> I, do, I do too. I do too. I know. I know. Yeah, <laughs> getting old sucks. Yeah, it's not yeah. For wimps. So a report came out this week about Madison Square Garden. They have been secretly using face recognition tech. Now this is. Somewhat not surprising, I guess, because we, we know that this has been in airports and things like that. The difference being, of course, that we know that they're in airports. Mm -hmm. Madison Square Garden is the one of the biggest places I've heard of that has been doing it secretly and not telling anyone. Uh, they yeah. declined to confirm or deny, of course. And, Still uh, offered, not telling anyone. <laughs> and offered the following statement. Uh, Madison Square Garden continues to test and explore the use of new technologies to ensure we're employing the most effective security procedures to provide a safe and wonderful experience for our guests. Um, of course, they don't describe, not in addition to them just using it and not telling anyone, 
we have no idea what they're checking for, against, where the images are coming from, what happens if someone gets flagged using face recognition. It's it's basically a big black box. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's going to be. Yeah, I remember, you know, they've been using this for several Super Bowls now. Mm-hmm. And they've announced it. Yes. Um, so this this notion of using it in a sporting event or a large uh, arena is not new. But, um, I, you know, I was thinking about how in public spaces there is no expectation of privacy. Right. And that's not how the, yeah. that's how you're allowed to take someone's picture without their permission if you're out in a park or something like that. And so this would seem to naturally extend to that. But. Then again, I feel like this is one of those areas where we haven't quite caught up with the technology. Uh, There's so many cameras we're on these days, and and we keep hearing mm-hmm. about how they're going to be networked together, how they're going to be able to cross-reference and track your movement and, and those sorts AI, of things. AI, we'll, we'll track it all for <laughs> us. Uh, yeah, and I just I wonder, how are we going to start bumping up against Fourth Amendment issues and, and just general privacy? Uh, you know, the policy lags. Yeah. Well, when you when you attend an event, you sign off on a whole bunch of waivers by just buying that ticket. That's true. So they can they can totally say that no, you bought the ticket; it's on the back. Read the fine print. Here's a magnifying glass. We'll wait, <laughs> um, because you know if you go to any sporting event, there's all sorts of indemnifications about you getting injured by floating like flying balls and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the same with this is like you will be recorded if you enter this venue is going to be on the back of that ticket. So they can probably do whatever the hell they want. Right. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And, you know, so as we've talked about before, this uh, spawns that whole market of uh, disguises, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. You don't want your face recognized, uh, you know, fake mustache and a a nose and ears or whatever. What what does it take to to, uh, trip these things up, throw them off? Yeah. Also, a pair of ill-fitting shoes because they have gate recognition. They've got all sorts of recognition hmm. that they can run on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plus, then you're going to have to basically leave all your electronics at home. Don't wear that Apple Watch. At, at some point, you know, the only way around this is just to go to the concert naked. That's about it. <laughs> on a bird. You know? Yeah, <laughs> on a bird with a mask. <laughs> uh, yeah, in other words, go to concerts be. the way so, we already go to concerts. I was about to say, just go to insane clown <laughs> posse right. shows exactly. and you're fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, <laughs> fit right in. Mm-hmm. It's the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Uh, oh, my. Just don't drop the beer. <laughs> oh, man. So a uh, uh, judge in California has finally said that us users of Yahoo can have our class action lawsuit and get our 15 cents. We are I was about set. to say, and, and you get $2, and you get $2, and you get $2. Right. Even- Here, here's the upside, though. It, Yahoo isn't Yahoo anymore. Right. Now it's owned by Verizon, who actually has right. money. That's true. You know? Yep, so Verizon tried to block it and saying that it was meritless, but nope, nope. The judge came back and said, ah, I think this is going to go forward. Plaintiff's allegations are sufficient to show that they would have be- behaved differently had defendants disclosed the security weaknesses of the Yahoo mail system, <laughs> said Judge Lucy Coe from, uh, was it, where's she from? Well, she's from California. Who cares? Damn liberals. <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, we're going to, we'll, we'll see what yeah, happens. The, the argument being made that had they been informed sooner, they would have chosen another, another email service. And I think mm-hmm. that's a reasonable claim to make. Me too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so and people had to spend money on credit monitoring. So, you know, there is there is money out of pocket for this for so this. I'm breach. very happy so. for the handful of attorneys who will get very rich off of this. Congratulations <laughs> exactly. to them. <laughs> oh, yes, well done, well yeah. done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You figure three billion people were leaked, 
And uh, Verizon bought Yahoo for four point five billion. Oh man, if this even if even if everybody got a dollar that was in the lawsuit, mm-hmm. you know, it's oh, man, it just doubles the price of Yahoo. Yeah. Oh, fun times. Yeah, do your due so, diligence wait. before you make a cybersecurity company purchase. <laughs> mm-hmm. Social media, whatever. All right. Well, I I, uh, I wrap things up this week with uh, just a fun video from a gentleman named Dan Tentler. He's the founder of uh, Phobos Group, and he's got a bunch of videos of him doing presentations uh, that are on uh, the YouTube. And uh, a funny, funny guy. One of his specialties going around and basically finding unsecured devices on the internet. So uh, it's one of those videos, or you go, I think one of the comments was they needed to put a helmet on before watching this video because they keep smacking themselves in the forehead. And uh, it's true. I mean, you got the usual stuff like, um, you know, cameras, uh, baby monitors and so forth. But he also finds things like industrial control systems, um, you know, steel manufacturing controls. So <laughs> oh, yeah, good. there's a video oh, good. I was watching. He's oh, like, oh, yeah. you want to you tip over a container full of 500 tons of molten steel? Just press this button right here and it'll, it'll tip over. Originally, you had a bunch of links in the show notes and I watched the first video and I don't think it's this one, but uh, I watched one this morning that I think the title was What Can Go Wrong? Yes. <laughs> and it's like an hour and 15 minutes of him just going through Shodan and showing us all of the different things. Mm-hmm. I watched it on like one and a half X, which you can do, but it made, <laughs> he's a funny guy. And he's like, this is why we drink. <laughs> right, right. And uh, just to give our listeners a little behind the scenes thing here, before we went on, I was looking through our show notes and I was like, oh God, who's the idiot who pasted in all of these video links? <clears throat> this is a mess here. <laughs> God, what yeah. a jerk. How would anybody, oh. And it was me. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, does he seriously want me to go and find the URLs for all these damn DEF CON videos? Uh, no, Come I on. Didn't. Sorry, guys. I, I, I wish I you would have left it. them, though, because now I want to go back and watch some of those videos. They look pretty good. I'll have to go well, through the I history left, and find I left them. the one in, yeah. So you can find – just uh, find some of his other presentations on YouTube. There are plenty of them, and boy, are they, they a lot of fun. And he's, <laughs> he's pretty – he's a good presenter, but uh, it's one of those things that is simultaneously hilarious and terrifying. Yes. Yeah. I started following it on, on Twitter after after watching his presentation because he's a funny guy. Yeah, he is. So <laughs> very check funny it out. guy. All right, gentlemen, that's what I've got this week. All right, thank you. All righty, sir. Come back and scare the crap out of us next week. It's it's what I do. Brick a brick. Filmmakers Alex Garouche and Wiley Overstreet uh, are making all these kind of crazy things about the universe, uh, which is a bit of a theme this this episode, I guess. Uh, they have a YouTube channel called To Scale, where the pair examine the scale of the universe, and they have put out the latest video called A New View of the Moon, which uh, basically this guy wheeled out the, this gigantic telescope uh, to all these different locations around L.A. and just let random people stop by and take a look at the moon in, you know, more powerful than anybody would ever see it, generally, because not many people have access to this kind of telescope, and uh, the soundtrack and and maybe just my mood and state and things that I've been dealing with this week it got it got dusty in the room. I watched it this morning and it definitely was a little dusty. Yeah, <laughs> it's a uh... which is not. I'm like looking at people look through a telescope is not something you'd really kind of think is very emotional, but it's a very well done piece. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's it's very nice. And I one of these one of the sequences was shot just literally down the street from my house, so I'm kind of bummed I didn't know about it and didn't get down there to to see it as well. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 12 inch telescopes are pretty powerful. My ex-girlfriend had a 10 inch telescope that she made by hand and it was pretty awesome. Right. 
And over on Mental Floss, I found a more accurate world map wins a prestigious Japanese design award. And this is called the uh, the Authograph World Map, and it's a uh, it's pretty damn cool. It's it's a great design, and it uh, it's unlike the projection that we always see, which is the Mercator projection, which we've <laughs> been using since 1569. Things aren't lined yeah. up. Things aren't the right size. This tries to fix that a little bit, and cool enough, it. It can actually be folded into a sphere so you can actually feel and see the real Earth as it actually is, which is pretty badass, right? I like that. So yeah. it's, it's cool looking. And if you've if you've never seen any of these alternative maps, prepare to have your mind blown. And I've included a link in the show notes from the West Wing, uh, the Gail Peters projection. It is still one of my favorite moments of all time from almost any TV show, but definitely the West Wing blows your yeah. mind. I remember I remember that that's that bit perfectly. And well, I watched it again this morning. I'm like, yeah, that was a good bit. I miss the West Wing. Don't Maybe we I'll all do that? I, I want a copy of this. I want a copy of this autograph map, though, to hang on the wall. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool looking. So it'll uh, it, yeah, it'll change your mind about some things if you've never seen this, this sort of thing before. Moron of the week. Now, for a while, I've hosted a lot of my photography stuff on the site. You pick. But kind of got away from them because they they don't do a couple of things. They don't let me turn on pop-ups or turn off pop-ups for people that are coming to look at my portfolio or download my entire archive, which would be very nice, which is a which is a deal breaker for me. But I was checking it out the other day to see if they fixed anything that I, you know, would bring me back as a paying customer. No, they haven't. But I also saw in their blog, UPIC is building a new economy around photography. Dot 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 using blockchain. <sighs> So they're trying to do the same thing that the Kodak is doing, or not even Kodak, the company that yeah. Kodak licensed their name to, around blockchain for photography. No joy. Stop it. Yeah, just it's enough. stop it, people. Ah, well, on Tuesday, our president, Donald Trump, said he wants to create a U.S. Space Force. Yeah. During a speech before service members at the Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in San Diego, my new national strategy uh, for space recognizes that space is a war-fighting domain, just like the land, air, and sea. We may even have a space force, he said. We're doing a tremendous amount of work in space. As I said, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it Space Force. That is an exact quote of our president. Did you ever see the movie Megaforce? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think our Space Force should have those uniforms and flying motorcycles, too. I definitely think... <laughs> I think Space Force should be should be built on Megaforce. Yeah, I agree. And it's also worth mentioning as we're discussing the Space Force. Uh, Trump also managed this week to misspell core in Marine Corps by spelling it C-O-R-E in a tweet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. Yep. And uh, we also had the big uh, student walkout this week uh, protesting gun violence and uh, the NRA wisely kept their mouth shut no they didn't (laughs) (laughs) no they didn't keep their mouth shut in the exact period of time in which the walkout occurred they of course tweeted a glamour photo of the ar-15 the same gun that was used to kill the students in florida that prompted all this so thanks a lot nra thanks for keeping it classy wow oh my god i mean that's 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 worse that's worse that's that's worse than the Rihanna one, honestly. That is worse than the Rihanna one. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, because we had to get there eventually, the time has come. Next week, representatives from a startup called Nectomy will pitch their idea to an audience of investors in Silicon Valley. According to their website, the company is, here we go, 
committed to the goal of archiving your mind. That commitment is not in doubt, but one can question what they mean by mind and your. Their plan is to take living people, preferably those already on their deathbeds. Thankfully, they at least preferably prefer that. We hope. <laughs> uh, pump them full of embalming fluid, killing them, and then freezing them, and then scan their preserved brains into a computer. To do what precisely? Because this technology doesn't exist. It isn't there. It's not going to be here for generations. Are you kidding me? People are going to give them money. And their lives. The, the, first, the first feature of your product is it kills me? Hmm. Where do I sign up? I, 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 where else could they go? I, I don't even know what Silicon Valley could... Where, where else could they go from here? I, I swear, this, this, sounds, this sounds like it's a plot line from the Silicon Valley show on HBO. Yeah. It really does. I, I, well, there's no difference anymore. I, I, there is no difference between That's that true. show and Silicon Valley. That's why I can't watch the show. PTSD big time. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's kill our users and do nothing with their brains. Okay. Thanks. Feedback loop. We've got some new Patreon subscribers this week. John C., Marcus M., Jay Cummings, Cal S. And over on PayPal, Stuart L., Joseph L., Chris M., Brennan M., Jonathan A., and what is the final thing? Oh, grump on Tiny Dancer and buy some beer. Thank you, Jonathan, for that note. Yes, thank you. Over on Facebook, uh, Brian wrote in, said, Dig Reader just announced it's shutting down. If you guys would like to share alternatives or what you use as an RSS feed, that would be cool. I know you have a favorite, Jason. Yeah, everything I do is go through Feedly. And that ties in with your Google account, so you can put it across different platforms. But yeah, Feedly is what, what I, I use. I highly recommend it. I'm even going to give them money when I have some again. Awesome. And we have a five-star rating over on Facebook from Elizabeth, who says, why the hell is this podcast so entertaining? Is it A, grumpy, B, old, C, geeky? Keep, keep it up, you weirdos. Thanks a lot. And a lot of people chiming in on when they first heard the term cyber. We had a lot of AOL and a lot of Gibson. So those teams seem mm -hmm. to be the big ones. And speaking of that, over on Twitter, Radio Teacher wrote us, the oldest reference in my library is Hackers, Heroes of the Computer Revolution by Stephen Levy in 1968. I read this first in the mid-1980s. Cyber was never used by itself. Cyber crud, cybernetics, cybernetic were used, and it was used in a poem near the end of chapter eight. <laughs> Interesting. Thanks. And Chad Fackler writes in over on Twitter, please don't listen to the Goop podcast for the love of dog. Not a typo. <laughs> if you want to kill off 20 IQ points, do it the old school way. Alcohol. Yes, Ooh. sir. That's the way we do it. And I did look. It is Gwyneth Paltrow and Oprah. And oh, joy. Yeah, yeah. Two people I never want in my podcast player. Two bad tastes you don't want to have together. No, no, no. And uh, Chad also writes in, quit telling the yucks from California that the middle of the country is nice. We don't want them here. I don't need to see any more hipsters than I already do. And that reminds me of the time when we were talking about moving to Iceland. Uh, yes. I, which, which, it was about another horrible president that we had. And all of the people are in, in Iceland were like, we don't want Americans here. You people are ugly. Stay there. And I'm like... You soulless pieces of crap. I'm never coming to your country. So, yes, just just remind me, Iceland people from Iceland are dicks. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool there. Uh, I can't even say this name because, you know, Twitter grabs the stupid and does anyways, extrusi yeah. or whatever says it's a great way to introduce our office hashtag Luddites to today's hashtag technology news and our fast hashtag evolving tech world hashtag management tips hashtag Wednesday motivation hashtag Wednesday motivation again. So well, you. yeah, because it's Wednesday and you got to be motivated twice, apparently. Yes. 
<laughs> Mike McNeil, 19, writes in, love the show. As a 50-year-old computer science grad, your perspective often mirrors mine. Congrats on your 250th episode. I've been listening off and on for the last 25 or so. Well, thank you, Mike, and welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. We had a lot of people writing in over at GOG.show, and in the interest of keeping this under four hours, we're just going to do a few of them. Uh, DMT says, hey, Grumps, you guys always cheer me up. Super glad to have found you. Thanks to Bittner. I put in the effort to scroll to the bottom of the episode list to listen to the first one. And I did that on an Apple Watch to test the app Outcast. Really not terrible, by the way, for phoneless listening. So that was a lot of watch scrolling. Now listening to 250, <laughs> you've managed to add some grump to my life. To wit, about seven minutes into the episode, you discuss photos being usurped by the internet. You both use the word copywritten to describe these photos. Your show notes are copywritten. Photos are not. They're both copyrighted, though. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just grinds my grumpy gears. He, he, has, he has he has an actual point on that. I will concede that he point. He actually he has a point. Yes. Yes. We, we Note taken. Thank you. Yes. At around 38 minutes, you lay into Mashable for misspelling holders. When I first encountered HODL in reference to cryptocurrency, it took me a second to realize, read Google, that it's a crappy acronym for hold on for dear life. I learned something new. Read stupid that day. All right. My pedantic self will go back to the episode now. Stay grumpy. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the feedback. We appreciate yep. it. <laughs> Marcus writes in, hey, guys, I've been listening to your podcast since December of last year, and I just want to say that even though I'm what you may consider a millennial, I enjoy every minute of your show. Monday mornings is the only day of the week that I actually look forward to the commute to school and work. You guys have actually gotten me to start reading again, and I've not been disappointed by any of your recommendations so far. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can fix that in the future. <laughs> Congratulations on your 250th episode, and sorry it took so long for me to pledge on Patreon. Hey, man, better now than never. Also, fuck all of these fragile people that complain about the cussing. Still not sure how people have not realized that on the free and open internet, they don't have to listen if they don't want to. <laughs> so tell me about it. Never change, guys, and I hope my pledge helps you to another 250 episodes. Well, thank you very much, Marcus. It's much appreciated. Yes, totally appreciated. Armin writes in, hey, guys, discovered your podcast about two months ago, and you two are a godsend. I think that's wow. the only person in the world that would describe us that way. <laughs> no doubt. The podcast makes my workday so much more bearable. You guys have given me some great tech internet tips, and I can't thank you enough. Now I need your help. I'm an avid Chrome user, but I keep hearing you guys recommend Opera Browser over and over again, and I've downloaded it on my PC, and I love it. It's great, and I love the built-in ad blocker and VPN. The only problem is I like to use the same browser on both my PC and my iPhone. Sync bookmarks and history and all that. The problem is that Opera... Okay, yeah. They don't... Uh, yeah, it doesn't sync to Alper Mini, apparently, but uh, Jason's solution and mine as well is sadly we just use different browsers. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's, uh, Sorry that's, about uh, there's, that. Yeah, we don't, got a, got, we don't have a hack for that. It just is what it is. Yeah, and if I need to move something over, I use Pinboard because Pinboard will sync between the two and you can just go to your Pinboard site and it's just a place to keep it uh, if you want just a persistent, you know, clipboard. So use Pinboard. If you happen to have a Mac, it's also a lot simpler than that because you can just copy paste and they go... But they pass between each other when it works right. <laughs> yeah, if you have that turned on, I don't have it turned on because it, it works about one in ten times for me. Right. Uh, but okay, so Dan writes in, my wife just bought a new MacBook Air for school since the baby spilled water on the keyboard of the old one and it finally died. I'd like to have that not happen again. Do either of you use keyboard covers? Trying to find a good one is damn near impossible. Thanks. No keyboard covers. I use square bottles which are locking bottles. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes for them. They don't roll away if you knock them over and they don't spill water everywhere. But it dawned on me that your baby is the one that spilled the water and there's no way a baby's <laughs> going to get the lid off of this. So my entire recommendation is dumb. 
I was wondering right? <laughs> where you were going with that one. Uh, no, I, I kind of had the same issue right now. It's uh, I just keep moving my keyboard higher when I'm not sitting at the at the desk using it. And uh, yeah, I got nothing. Uh, I, I you're right. I mean, I even Googled and, and Amazon search keyboard covers, and they all look like they're crap. So if you do end up finding something that you like, let me know because I have a baby too. Yep. All right, over at iTunes. We got some new reviews. Jacked in from Canada writes, The last beacon of hope of the internet. Thanks for being able to summarize the frustrations of dealing with the tech we love. Keep up the great work, Stetler and Waldorf. Ah, thank you. We also have a five-star rating from Stay Grump. Grumpy for all. I love the show. I am only 22, so not quite an old geek, but still grumpy as hell as this, at the state of the world. Yeah, I agree. All right. And uh, Mackeesian or Mackeson. Let me see. Mackeson writes in, worth your time. They take top tech stories and break them down for you with humorous banter. Ooh, we banter. They also cover movies and shows you might consider, and they'll let you know what's worth your time. You'll have a laugh, and after a decision to unfollow a ton of podcasts, including The Art of Charm, well, then make sure you go subscribe to The Jordan Harbinger Show so I can get paid and have a life again. Uh, Brian and Jason have come out on the top. You guys are definitely worth two hours a week. See? Somebody, somebody's in for the two hours. That's what I'm telling you. One one person <laughs> no more than one <laughs> all right thanks just a lot if you. you want just not me if you want your question or comment right on the show head over to gog.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air and if you're so inclined please head over to gog.show slash itunes and toss us a five star and snarky review and as always please pretty please with sugar on top tell your friends yes Closing shout out to Stephen Hawking. He will yep. be missed. And his final words, this comes from over at Boing Boing. If machines produce everything we need, the outcome will depend on how things are distributed. Everyone can enjoy a life of luxurious leisure if the machine produced wealth is shared. Or most people can end up miserably poor if the machine owners successfully lobby against wealth redistribution. So far, the trend seems to be toward the second option with technology driving ever increasing inequality. So he's just saying the problem is capitalism, which I think we've said before, too. So we're as smart as Stephen Hawking. How about them apples? We are. And I would just like to point out that these weren't his last words. They were just his last public words posted on a reddit ama right i'm sure i'm sure this wasn't what he said as he shuffled off this mortal coil yeah it's probably oh shit was yeah. more, <laughs> more my last I'd, words I'd, yeah all right until <laughs> next time i'm brian schulmeister and i'm jason DeFilippo. thanks for listening to grumpy old geeks to support the show and keep us on the air go to patreon.com slash gog also us a buck a month and we'll love you forever if you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation go to gog.show click the paypal button in the sidebar show notes for this episode are at gog.show slash 251 from there you can find links to old episodes leave feedback ask questions and get links to stuff we like stay grumpy and we'll see you next week okay last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer we're driving to florida